podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, live in the stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. JJ, when when you live in this world, you have to come in with the announcer voice, right, right, right off the bat, and I think that's that's what you've done, and I like it. That's how I live my life. By that philosophy, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta approach everything like the announcer voice. Do you come down the stairs in the morning like like a boxer entering the ring, like 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 punching the air? If 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 I had the energy these days, Denny, dad life has gotten the best of me over the last three weeks or so. Oh yeah, no no, there's no uh, yeah mornings mornings are not a time for. energy uh more more yeah and as someone who can no longer i don't drink coffee because Mm -hmm. coffee does bad things to my body as someone who can't drink coffee uh i've just been pounding tea today just just Mm -hmm. pounding it and and to all the the brits out there i've been doing so via the microwave oh oh you're you you've triggered the uk i have i've I've triggered the uk i I apologize i'm a little triggered right now by actually I'm, i'm really not uh (laughs) <laughs> the, the the Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, he's officially not playing this year. I don't know about you. Um, back in July, I had Le'Veon Bell as the number one fantasy player, and then and then the news came out that Bell. Uh, you know, there were just just the the the, the fact they didn't get a contract done. Uh, I I moved him to number two because we do weekly rank or we we did rankings over on Number Fire. I moved him to number two, and fortunately, I got more girly than I got Bell this year. And at, and before week one, this is th- this is a total brag right here. Okay, this this right here is a brag. Before week one, in the one league, because one league I I handcuffed him with Connor. It was SFB actually, and and, and I play in a ton of leagues, so I only had two Bell shares, which is actually not that bad considering the, the number of leagues I'm in. Uh, but in the one league where I had Bell and not Connor, okay, mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. week one. And I was on Facebook Live, too, I remember, and I told someone that I had just completed this trade. It was on Sunday morning before week one. I traded Marshawn Lynch and Le'Veon Bell, and I got Kareem Hunt and John Brown. Ugh. Woof. And, and wow. looking back, it might save my season in that league. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as you may know, and as the LTS listeners may know, I took Le'Veon Bell as the number one overall pick in the Living the Stream Listener League, which, you know, would make me feel worse if I wasn't nine and two. But here we are. You, you right now. So, so for the record, so everyone knows, Denny and I right now are top three in points scored uh, in the LTS league. And what's funny is that this is actually sort of payback for the for the ownage that you served me with the <laughs> Tevin Coleman for Marquise Goodwin trade at the beginning of the season. Uh, I got I was at the 102 spot in that league and I got Todd yeah. Gurley. <laughs> right, right. And if I had if I had Gurley, if I wasn't stupid and I went with Gurley, I would literally be decapitating people every week. But <laughs> you would, yes. It, yeah, it, game it, game it, of it, Thrones it, style, just going nuts. It, yeah. 
just just leaving people's heads on pikes every week as a warning to other teams not to even try. Instead, I'm squeaking by week after week after week. But I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. You have like nine wins right now. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, come on. But yeah, the Le'Veon Bell situation, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think that there's arguments to be made on either side. Here, here's the one thing that I do think is clear. It's that he should not have come back mid-season no matter what. It was either sit out all year, and I, and I yeah. wish I would have sort of thought this out a little bit more, but I kept, you know, I'm not a I'm not someone who studies contracts or understands a CBA like, like other people do, right? Um, so I, I was under the assumption of what was being reported in that he basically couldn't enter free agency if the Steeler, if he didn't sign this, this tag by week 11. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was going by that, but looking back, it makes a lot more sense for him to either play from week one to, to make the $15 million he would have made this year, or just sit out the entire year and not make it. Because if he comes back mid-season and he only, not even mid-season, let's see, let's say he makes $6 million from here on out and he comes back. I mean, not only is he not in football shape, but he could, you know, he could Des Bryant himself, right? <laughs> and, and that, and that is, you know, the whole reason he's holding out is so that he doesn't get hurt to, to hurt yeah. a future contract. So right. to me, it does make more sense to just not play at all. But the optimal decision for me would be for him to, for, for me. I mean, if I were Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I'm thinking from the perspective, that's the thing that annoys me too, is that whenever I talk about Le'Veon Bell and this contract, people think that I'm coming from the perspective of like, Le'Veon doesn't deserve this. I'm, I'm thinking from the standpoint nah. of, I want Le'Veon Bell to maximize his contract because screw the billionaire owners, right? Absolutely. And so, yes. and so I'm, I'm coming from that standpoint. And what I'm saying is, it makes a lot more sense just from a, from a maximization standpoint for him to get the $15 million this year, risk the injury, because, because realistically, how many injuries are completely career-altering? I mean, there's like mm. an Achilles, right? Like, mm. even ACL tears, sure, he wouldn't get the same kind of contract. But, I mean, number one, we're assuming he tears his ACL, Right. But number two, Big assumption. Yeah. We're, yeah, right. But number two, we're also assuming that an ACL tear uh, would mean that he would get no contract. Right. Right. And, and I just yeah. I, I think that 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 side of things just isn't being thought out enough. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I was very curious as to why people who had rostered Bell and Connor wanted Bell to come back. That this is not what you wanted. It, it, if you if you were in that situation, what played out today with Bell deciding not to return yeah. for this the, the entire season is the best case scenario by far because if he comes back, suddenly you're in a nightmare situation where you have to choose between the guy who's been tearing it apart and the guy who's going to come in and demand touches, like they're going to split. They were right. going to split t touches and time, and that would have been an absolute waking nightmare for people. Now, I understand if you have Connor only, this is great. Obviously, this is what you wanted the whole time. But having both, you, if you if you were smart and you picked up Connor uh, uh, as a, as a as insurance on Bell, and, and you've done fine, and you haven't lost anything this season, so everything is fine for you. Right, and I will also say. That this is a low key, maybe even a high key dream of mine, because what we're seeing right now is running back replaceability. Yeah. Right. We're seeing a backup running back who was drafted in what the late third or whatever round, the fourth round for James Conner, stepping in for Le'Veon Bell. We're also right. seeing it happen to my favorite team. And we're also seeing it happen with James Conner specifically, who went to the same school that I went to. Yeah. And he beat cancer. 
And he's like the greatest football story that we've seen in years. I remember you telling me about him before I had any idea who he was. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Like he'll be like a practice squad guy right. or something. Uh, but but and so this is awesome on on several levels. But you're right about the first point. This is a dream come true for for the running backs don't matter crowd. And by the way, when we say that, we're talking about real football. By the way, yeah, people, about, yeah, that's been that's been misunderstood very yeah. often. So yeah, I mean, when when Kareem Hunt puts up forty fantasy points, I'm not saying he doesn't matter. I'm I'm saying that the replaceability factor in real football. So this is. A, a test case that you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better one and and I, th- I think that that's been amazing hopefully it'll change some minds but obviously it won't change all the minds what's what's really funny about the, the bell situation and the replaceability aspect people are coming back and they're saying well james connor is really really good and it's like okay well what about the 32 year old d'angelo williams who stepped in into the exact same damn thing and they would say, well, he was good too. Right, like when do running backs suck? They never suck in the Steelers <laughs> offense. I wonder why. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it is. It's just It's just very curious as to why everyone succeeds as the Steelers' main back. I, I don't know it's why. crazy, crazy. They, they only have one of the best offensive lines in the league and a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, anyway, I also want to talk about before we get into – well, I guess it kind of translates and transitions into uh, – to, to what happened in week 10 in our streaming picks, the Jets defense, Denny, mm. what in the, what in the world? Yeah. Let's keep it clean for the kids. I, but I had to, you, you, you could, you could it, sense my filtering there. Uh, oh, I'm no, I mean, all I want to do is just, is just go into a, like an, like an exorcist type cursing streak <laughs> yeah, here. Right. Uh, I won't, but it is, I, I was texting with a, a draft day consultants client on, on Sunday who obviously had the Jets defense and was supremely confident. I mean, process-wise, you could not ask for a better situation no. than the Jets were in. And, you know, results-wise, it couldn't have been worse, obviously. So he's texting me, you know, about how tilting it is. And I said, it really is. But mostly, I'm reaching back into my memory to find a, a stranger outcome than this in fantasy. And I can't, I can't find one. I can't. This past week was bizarre on many levels because we had – we had the Jets defense happen. We had Eric Ebron happen. The the Eric Ebron stuff is super tilting. Oh, <laughs> it is because I benched him against you in Apex. You did, and I lost. And I lost because of it. I I really thought I should play him over Jared Cook because the Raiders are just a total abomination, and the Colts are going to score points, and maybe Ebron falls into a touchdown. And of course, he goes off for twenty eight. I benched him against JJ. I will never ever be the same person yeah, again and you, anyway and, and you forgot to add that you lost to me i i did i i said if i played him i would have won oh, okay i didn't hear that yeah yeah and, I was and also if obj had caught that long pass if a lot of things happened i would have won but i didn't i was i was too busy i was looking up the jets uh rankings this season on a week-to-week basis because i tweeted a sarcastic tweet that said imagine playing the jet streaming the jets defense against the powerhouse bills offense and like it's Twitter, so people respond to it in a lot of different ways, and they're like, "Well, I played them," and it's like, "Guys, okay, like I, I get it." And then someone someone responded and said, "This tweet a- aged well," as if I sent that before the game. Like, oh. you guys got to relax. Anyway, so a lot of people were responding and saying, "Why would you play the Jets defense against the Bills? The Jets defense sucks." If you mm. if you look at what the the Jets were were have been a top ten defense five times this season going into last week. In weekly scoring, they were like a they were like a top. I think they were like a top, or a fringe top five defense overall in fantasy going into last week. 
Also, it doesn't really matter if they sucked. They're playing yeah. against the Bills. Right, that's the point, too, is that it really doesn't matter. But, yeah, that, that was a, a dreadful result. I think the process was 100% correct. Um, yeah. A dreadful result. They had minus three points. Uh, we did have the Packers defense, though. They had 14. They were a good streamer last week. So, uh, 50, or, you know, 50%. We, we got half of them, right? Um, I was really proud of our quarterback picks, though. Uh, yes. My God, they tore it up. Yeah, we had Blake Bortles, who had 21.6 points. Uh, so yeah. he was a QB1. And then we had Marcus Mariota, who we liked a lot, too, who had 22.32 points. So he was a, excuse me, he was a QB1 as well. And then we had a, a deeper play. We had Nick Gotens, who uh, who scored 10 points. Um, by the way, I, I did look up our main play, like our non-deep plays at quarterback this season and just average them out. And we're at like 21.25 points per game, which yeah. is like QB8, QB9-ish range. But it's crazy because that's like the best average that we've had. And it's just that QB is just inflated by so much. But the good, the good news is that early round quarterbacks suck ass. Right. And right. guys like Mitch Trubisky are dominating. What what so what is that? How does that compare to like Brady? If the twenty one point whatever. I don't is. know where Brady. I mean, it's it's got to be yeah. ahead of Brady, I would assume. Uh, yeah, I I would I would guess so. I but think, yeah, I'm so. I'm pleased with that. I think we can get up to. I think QB six is our best one, right? QB six is our best finish. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, we're usually like at like QB six or QB seven. It's really consistent year in and year out. So yeah. I mean, if we're if we're at QB eight this year, I think we finished QB eight before. Um, that's fine, and that mm-hmm. that's also again. That's without having the luxury of like keeping a guy like Mitch Trubisky, right? Right, and, and also uh, um, feel free, listeners, to uh, tweet your s- streaming success stories. I, we we get that at the end of the year sometimes people say uh, I scored more more quarterback points than anybody in the league as I streamed or or second most or whatever it is. Those are always fun to share, and we will share them. Yeah, and don't don't share uh, the ones that where you've been bad. <laughs> Yeah, if if you did bad, then just unfollow us and stop listening. Right. Uh, at tight end, we had Chris Herndon, the 18th, who scored 6.4 points. Uh, Michael Roberts is a deeper play. Uh, he only had 1.9 points. I'm a little bit tilted over that because I thought that he was like a, a decent deeper play. And then CJ Uzama had 5.3 points. I will add, too, I, I tilted off the planet because on Sunday morning, I wanted, I, I said to myself, like, as I was getting ready and like doing some research that I was going to tweet Janu Smith from the, from the LTS account. And yeah. I even mentioned Janu Smith on my Facebook live. I mean, the, the folks who are listening to this right now, who also thank you, go and listen to Facebook live every Sunday morning. I talked about Janu Smith and then I didn't tweet it from the account. So he does not, he does not go in the books as a tight end streamer for us. No, unfortunately. But is he running a good good number of routes? I I forgot to he, check. He's not. So I mean, that's that's part of the you know yeah. the the main reason I was on him was because of a potential negative script uh, of the matchup. Obviously, was there, and then uh, the fact that they didn't have many wide receivers active, and they were probably going to uh, run some two two tight end sets. But I mean, you know, over even still, you know, I, sh- I wish I would have tweeted that we were going to play Johnu. Yeah, I actually meant to. I know this is a lot of actuallys and, and we meant to, but uh, Nick Vanette was someone who came up during the Saturday podcast that I do for the uh, uh, Patreon folks. And uh, I, I meant to, to write about him on the page or tweet about him or something. Of course he catches, I think he caught one pass or two passes, one for a touchdown. Uh, but basically if you can find a tight end who is in the offense and running like, 20 or 30 routes a game 
I mean, obviously 30, but uh, then then you you should probably think about play, playing him unless you've fallen into an every every week starter with the streamers we've recommended. Right. All right, Denny, uh, let's get into week 11 picks. I'll start. Uh, the obvious defense of the week is Arizona. Uh, they're facing Oakland. They're at home. They're four-point favorites. There's a low over-under of 41. I mean, they have all. They, they have it all. They, they have all, Denny. <laughs> God, I can't talk. Sleep deprivation is so real, guys. Don't have children. Uh, but wow. No, I'm just kidding. Definitely have children because they're the greatest thing ever. Uh, but they're facing the Raiders. The Raiders have actually failed to score a touchdown in three of their last four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They've also, uh, over their last five games, allowed 4.2 sacks per game. So the Raiders wow. are bad offensively. The offensive line is not as good. Um, again, they're, they're, uh, the, the Cardinals are favorites, and they're at home, and there's a low over-under. I mean, the Cardinals are a slam-dunk streaming play this week. Yes, which is why I picked them up in the LTS league last week. Boom. Wow. Yeah, very. I'm, I'm ahead of it, man. Uh, so my my defense is less exciting. Uh, and almost I don't I almost don't want to talk about them. But <laughs> the, the Saints defense against the Eagles, uh, the Saints are available in 84 percent of leagues. And you may expect that for a defense that not once and not twice, but three times this season has scored in the negative. Okay. (laughs) In the negative, including, uh, against the Rams recently, negative six. They also scored, I think negative four against the bucks. Okay. So, um, this is a, a slightly more volatile play, I would say than the, than the Cardinals, but, um, the Saints are at home. They're seven and a half point favorites. So we're thinking, you know, game script may be in their favor defensively. Uh, Philadelphia allows 8.2 schedule adjusted fantasy points to defenses, which is about the same as the Bengals and Browns, which, you know, are two teams that we wouldn't mind targeting for defensive streaming purposes. And um, opposing defenses have scored at least eight fantasy points in four of the seven games uh, against the Eagles since Wentz, Carson Wentz returned. Nice. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a floor here, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're. I would say that it's like one of the more volatile picks we've had this season. But you could do worse. Yeah. You can do worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of uh, streaming options that are sort of like in that New Orleans range. Like, yeah. you know, you could maybe get away with Pittsburgh. You know, you could, uh, you know, if Lamar Jackson does get the start, you could get away with Cincinnati. So keep tabs on our Twitter account. We'll try to tweet other defenses that we might run into that we want to play uh, later this week that are that are lower owned. But mostly I'm going to tweet 69 jokes from that account. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Denny, okay, you have two quarterbacks, so why don't you kick yeah. things off at quarterback? All right. JJ's making me talk about Eli Manning. I am. <laughs> Which is this cruel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, Eli, here's what I have in my notes. Eli has been pretty not terrible of late. Uh, he's scored at least 19 points in three of his past five games. And, you know, it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks. Like, we talk about it every week on this show. It's one, the Bucks defense, and especially the secondary, is one of the best things to happen to our brand. Yeah. 
in in the show's history because it's so it's such a slam dunk except for I guess Alex Smith <laughs> but um uh Tampa so Tampa's being shredded by everyone allowing a 74% completion rate which just for context that's 14% higher than league leading Baltimore okay so there's a 14% gap there uh only the Saints and Raiders allow more yards per per pass attempt than Tampa and this game has a 51-point over-under. The Giants are, are one-point home favorites. Uh, I think the one thing that at least I worry about, well, the one of the 15 things I worry about when I'm streaming Eli uh, or considering it is pressure that the Giants' offensive line gives up. I don't think that's much of a worry this week because Tampa Bay has the sixth-fewest sacks in the league, and uh, they, they sack the quarterback on only 6.1% of their defensive snaps. So they're not a team that's really harassing the quarterback too much. Yeah. I think Eli's a strong play. I, I probably prefer uh, Dak Prescott, who I'm, I'll talk about. He's owned in about, you know, 30 to 35% of leagues right now. Um, more he's owned in fewer leagues than Denny's owned in, but Denny's just yeah. owned in, I, I think, I think you're owned in uh, yeah. 69% of, of life. Yeah. See, 69.69%. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Dak over his first five outings this season, uh, he had four performances where he ranked outside the top 20. And then the one where he didn't rank outside the top 20, he was QB 17. So he started off really, really slow. But over his last four games, he's finished as a top eight quarterback three times. So if you look at his passing efficiency uh, in these two splits, so in the first, the first split, the early part of the season, he averaged 6.7 yards per attempt. That's risen to 7.5 over his last four games. But what's more important here is that in those first five games, he didn't have a single rush within the opponent's 10-yard line. Over mm -hmm. the last four, he's averaging one of those per game. And as a result, he has three rushing touchdowns. So nice. this is a combination of Dak's passing efficiency has gotten a lot better, or relatively better. I mean, 0.8 in yards per attempt, a rise of 0.8 yards is, is pretty decent. Um, but then on top of that, he's seeing more rushing, uh, and he, he's running the ball closer to the end zone, which is obviously good. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, because it, it provides that upside. But um, on top of that, he's facing Atlanta, and Atlanta has allowed a top 15 quarterback performance every single week since week one, where they faced wow. Nick Foles. So I think Dak Prescott has both a, a high floor and a high ceiling this week, um, especially with Amari Cooper there. I mean, I I wasn't high on Amari Cooper from a fantasy perspective moving to Dallas, but I, I'm I'm liking it a lot more after seeing him for two weeks. Well, they're they're kind of they're kind of force feeding a bit. Him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. has a really high target share in the offense. I, I was just I, you know, to me, it was Dak was not looking very good. It's a run first offense. You know, the the he you know, Amari Cooper needs to see a crazy target share in order to see a lot of volume in that type of offense. But um, I, I, I'm liking the, the, the trade. Well, maybe not the trade per se, but I'm liking ha them having Amari Cooper. Let's just say that. Uh, yes. and, and I think Amari Cooper is a good wide receiver. Um, so I, I think that's helping Dak as well. I agree. All right. So third quarterback, we're back to Mary Woda slash Mary Goda, depending on the, on the week. So, uh, the Titans are at the Colts. Mariota is still out there in 84% of leagues, which surprised me a little bit. Um, but I guess he's, he's, uh, burned enough people so that <laughs> people were not exactly clamoring to pick him up off the wire. So the, the Colts are a two and a half point favorite here, which 
uh, it doesn't worry me too much because you would think this, I mean, this game seems like one that could have, you know, a lot of neutral script or even positive script for the, for the Titans who have been uh, on fire lately. Well, I mean, you know, last week at least. Uh, so Mariota is still not pouring on the the passing yardage. I don't know if that's a thing that he will ever do, but he's a top 20 rushing yards in his pretty nice three game run. Uh, he's rushed 19 times during that stretch. Uh, and, uh, the, the Colts allow the fourth most schedule adjusted points to quarterback, uh, quarterbacks. Uh, Mariota has struggled under pressure this year, uh, but the but the, the good the good news the good news folks listen to this you ready JJ yeah good news is that the Colts have the fifth fewest sacks in the league through ten weeks uh, and even even if you when you add in the disastrous eleven sack game against Baltimore Tennessee is middle of the road and giving up sacks so uh, I I think that Mariota will have a clean pocket from which to operate which is always good for him. Yeah, I like Mariota a lot. Uh, last two games were his two highest yards per attempt games of the season. I think he's just finally healthy. You know, he wasn't healthy for a lot of the year. Um, it's good to see. Uh, at tight end, we have three of them for you. I'm going to start with the more obvious one. It's Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, he saw nine of 39 uh, Josh Rosen attempts this past week. He ran the third most routes at the tight end position in the NFL. Uh, this week, he's going up against Oakland. Uh, Oakland's allowed the fourth most fantasy points to the tight end position this year. They've also allowed the highest success rate, uh, which is the percentage of positive expected points plays allowed to the tight end position. Um, so I think if, you know, if RSJ sees week 10 usage in week 11, uh, he's going to be a really strong play at tight end. So, um, and not only that, RSJ has had one of the, one of the better uh, target shares at tight end in football this season. Like this isn't some like random fluke where, you know, he saw, you know, nine targets. Yeah, that was a season high, uh, but Arizona wasn't running a lot of plays or hasn't been running a lot of plays this year. Um, so if they, you know, if, if they see 30 attempts, let's say, I think that five targets is is RSJ's floor. And then you add in this matchup and he becomes a really good streamer. I, um, I don't hate the offensive change in Arizona. Yeah, at least they're running more plays. I mean, that that's really all right. cuz that's that's what we needed was volume. They're not like amazingly efficient, but um no. the the added plays is definitely a plus. All right, my turn for tight end, correct? Yeah. Jeff Swaim, the 6th as Jeff, JJ called. Jeffrey Swaim. Swaim. Yeah. Uh he's a player in the NFL. He plays for the Cowboys. So here's here I'll read I'll read verbatim from my notes. Uh, it's not a good matchup, and he doesn't get many targets. But nevertheless, <laughs> we're streaming him. He ran a uh, he ran a good number of routes last week against the Phil- against Philadelphia, uh, 27, 27 routes total in that game. Uh, and this game has a forty seven and a half point over under the the Falcons Cowboys game. So. Hopefully Dallas doesn't, you know, won't be in the position to take the air out of the ball in the second half, as is their want. And uh, Swain will benefit from some points scored in this game. I mean, 47 and a half is not, you know, ridiculously high, but uh, I think it's top five on the week. And like we've said, it's not it's not the worst process to, you know, throw in a a tight end um, attached to a, a high scoring, potentially high scoring game. 
and I don't know exactly where you would have to play Swaim, like yeah, what kind right. of league you're, you're in, like have to start two tight ends. Well, of course, in our LTS league, you may have to because there are 15 flex spots. So you know, <laughs> the LTS league this year is absolutely crazy. I love it. I love it. But yeah, so you know, he's a he's what he's the ultimate desperation play. I feel like like not the ultimate, the prototypical desperation play. Here's the ultimate desperation play. Because he's burned us for three straight weeks, sort of. He scored a touchdown on one of them. Everyone hates him at this point. It's CJ, I can't figure out what CJ stands for, Uzama. We actually Denny and I Wiki- yeah. Wikipedia CJ before this podcast started. It's just CJ. Yeah, we, we couldn't we couldn't figure out what Uzama's uh we didn't Wikipedia CJ. We we Wikipedia we, we Wikipedia CJ Uzama. Right. We're, we're not just Googling CJ and just seeing what pops up. <laughs> What does this stand for? <laughs> we we know how to internet. Yeah, okay? guys, we, we, we get it. We're we're dads, but we get it. Uh, CJ Ozama, though, you know, he, he's burned us. I get it. Uh, but here's why he's interesting this week. Just hear okay. me out, guys. Just hear me out, okay? Everyone, shut up he, for five minutes. He only saw four targets in week 10, but he did run 26 routes. That was the uh, 11th most at tight end last week. Um, and Baltimore, his week 11 opponent, has allowed the 10th most yards to the tight end position this year. But... As a percentage of total receiving yards, the Ravens actually ranked first or last, depending on how you want to look at that, in, in giving up yardage to tight ends. So of all the receiving yards that they're giving up this season, the highest percentage of those yards are going to tight ends compared to any other team in football. So that's a good stat. I think stat. I think that's what's kind of intriguing with Uzama, because there is no AJ Green. Maybe that opens things up a little bit in this particular matchup. You know, last week we mentioned that New Orleans hasn't been or has been pretty good against opposing tight ends. You know, so it, it's it, it was a not the best matchup in the world, but we were hoping that a negative script, no mm-hmm. AJ Green, would force more targets to CJ Ozama. This week there actually is a matchup, right? Like like Baltimore has great corners. Baltimore, mm-hmm. you can fun, I mean they have good safety too, but you can funnel some some looks to the tight end position. I don't mind CJ Ozama, and I know this is one of those things where, like, it sounds like I'm just I'm just trying so hard to make CJ Ozama a thing, right? <laughs> but like, it's not. This is this is actually, you know, if this were any other player, I'd be feeling the same way. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. It it doesn't sound like too much of a forced sales job. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not not too. Well, much. but it, but that that stat that you said. I mean, basically, what you're saying is the ball has to go somewhere. And it likely is not going to go to the worst matchups on the field, which is the the Bengals wide receivers against the cornerbacks of the Ravens. Yeah, sure. And so it's, it's going to go somewhere. Yeah. All right. To recap, right. we have CJ Uzama, uh, RSJ, and Jeffrey Swaim, the ninth. Uh, we also have Mark. I, that's just going to become a thing now for tight ends, I feel like. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Marcus Mariota, Eli Manning, and Dak Prescott, the first. And then there is the Arizona defense and the New Orleans defense, Junior. <laughs> you, now you're getting ridiculous. Yeah, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this shtick. It was, it was, it was stupid. Uh, no shtick is, is, is stupid. That's my take on, on shticks. Uh, speaking of something that's not a shtick, JJ, is my enjoyment of using... Uh, Trinova cleaning products. Okay, listen. I I we talked about it last week we on did, the show. We did. We talked about it last week, and and that was that was all like the fact that I cleaned the the children's bathroom 
with this stuff and it looked it looked actually clean for the first time like in my memory i uh, i was very impressed by it i it was sitting on the counter and my, my mom came over the other day to uh to watch the kids and she saw it and she was very skeptical and she said you know what 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 is what is this what are you what are you cleaning your house with and you know i said you check it out i, I explained it to her i said you know they we talked about it on the uh, on the podcast she said you do a podcast? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and I said, geez, mom. And uh, uh, so anyway, she said, she said, okay, the, you know, because my mom considers herself a cleaning uh, pro. And she really is. She actually used to clean uh, model houses when, when I was a, when I was a kid. She was, she was in charge of a team that, that uh, went and cleaned model houses. So she really, really knows what she's doing. And so she brought it home. And, you know, she's been using the same stuff. Windex and Lysol, whatever, whatever she gets at the store. Yeah, you know, she's been using the same stuff since you know Jimmy Carter was president. And and I apologize for getting political. Yeah, you got way too political here, man. On this show, but I am going to reference the Jimmy Carter administration. Uh, and and uh, so she she tried it. She came back. I said, "Mom, what'd you think?" And she looked at me. She goes, "This this works." I said, "What? I, yeah, of course it works. I told I told you it works." She goes, "I know. I mean, I thought. I mean, you got it off the internet, right?" I said, "Well, yeah." <laughs> sort of, yeah. I said, "Someone sent sent it to me from the internet. I guess is is how you might put it." And she said, "Well, I I I didn't I didn't expect much, but it really works." So my mom, who was a a for for lack of a better term, a professional cleaner of homes, likes. The Trinova all-purpose cleaner. I think that says a lot. Yeah, and we have an offer for LTS listeners, right? That's that's right. So, by the way, Trinova is a family-owned company out of Chicago. They will straight up refund anyone who says they have a bad experience with these products. Just just so everyone knows that. Um, but LTS listeners uh, can get an exclusive twenty percent off their first order by searching Trinova on Amazon, and then entering the code, which is the best code that I know of falls week three. That's F O L E S W E E K. The number three falls week three punch that in for 20% off any of the many, uh, Trinova products. They're very good. I feel like uh jets week 10 is going to become a thing. It it should. It really should. I, I mean, it's maybe more, more shocking than Foles Week Three. It was easily more shocking than Foles Week Three. Full, wow. Full, okay. Like he, seriously though, like the the Foles Week Three thing. You're go, you're coming from the standpoint of we're playing a bad quarterback who we openly know is bad, right? And and he underperforms. I mean, he scored like eight fantasy points, which is kind of funny because our deep plays all the time on the show score eight fantasy points. Like right. Nick, Nick Mullins scored ten this past week. Like right. it was. It's just I understand the reasoning behind Foles Week Three, and it's hilarious, and I love it to death. And not only that, but the whole story behind Foles Week 3 with yeah. the field catching on fire and all that. It's just unbelievable, right? Um, but Jets Week 10 might might actually become a thing. I, I think we need to we need to get that get that into the into the official canon of living the stream yes. is uh Jets Week 10 because nothing could be more disastrous. No, that was awful. Uh, all right. So we're gonna go to Twitter. This first question is from at can underscore denity. Uh, I traded away Cup immediately before he got hurt. Mm. Now that person wants someone else. Is giving him a gift card to Arby's too mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
it says, also, is there ever a situation where one is obligated to retrade if a player gets hurt? The answer to that is no. And the answer no. to the Arby's question is absolutely, absolutely send him that's an Arby's the, gift card. That's a great pwn. Oh, my gosh. It is. That, that, you, you, you own that person after. Oh, man. They, and by the way, no. I've heard I've heard this JJ. I've heard people say that that a trade was was overturned or revoked or reversed after a player gets injured. No, that's not the way it works. You took the risk, you lost. Right. Yeah. That I mean, period. I, I don't know why you trade like what what is this? Well, you no, no, it just because it didn't work out for everybody doesn't mean that it gets it gets re- reversed. Right. It didn't work out for every it was a disaster for one person. We'll we can move on. Right. You know? This next question's from at R Drandom. It says time to trade Mark Ingram. And then the second part is also, will you pay me to stop sending ice cream trucks to your house? <laughs> please stop sending the ice cream trucks, please. Uh, the Mark Ingram thing, though, it's interesting. I mean, he's he's not that. I mean, I don't think Mark Ingram is that great, right? I like, especially whenever you compare and contrast to Alvin Kamara. Um, right. But there are instances like last week where New Orleans is that good. He's going to see volume, uh, and, and there are some interesting matchups for them to be in high scoring games from here on out. So for that reason, uh, I would probably stay with Mark Ingram. Sure. Next question at Eric Belair, who's worse guy weaving in and out of highway traffic or guy who cuts through the corner gas station slash parking lot to avoid waiting at a red light to turn right. (laughs) I do that all the time. That second thing I do all the time. Now about the weaving, about the weaving, I am actually perfectly okay with with moving in and out of traffic if you know what you're doing okay if you're good at it and there are a lot of drivers who are excellent at at getting around traffic without inconveniencing anyone now if you're cutting people off and and making people slam on their brakes then you don't know what you're doing okay you're 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 being a bad driver but if you know if you're like a fast and furious wannabe who has learned how to do this and has great spatial awareness and recognition, then go for it. I'm fine with it. See, I I don't disagree with you. To answer this question specifically, the answer of who's worse is the weaving in and out guy. And the reason is because there are idiots out there who put other people in danger. Yeah. Right? Sure. Whereas if you're cutting through a gas station parking lot or, or a parking lot, I mean, maybe you hit a pedestrian, but I mean, like, what, what are the chances of, of something drastically bad happening? Yeah, it, and it it depends. I mean, are are you like zipping through the parking lot at thirty miles an hour? That that's a problem because then then you know you could get into an accident by someone just parking their car, right? But but the yeah the first the first is probably worse unless unless you're an expert at weaving. And I'm really impressed sometimes when I see people who are just absolutely uh, determined to get home and They're pro they. Weavers. And yeah, pro weavers, right? And they will—they'll get all the way from the right lane all the way over to the left lane. And you know, if we have 495 and and 270 here, uh, which are just total parking lots for the entire rush hour, both morning and night, and you will see people uh, dodging in and out of, of traffic, you, you know, like they're trying to keep the speed up, like they're driving the bus from the movie Speed, right? Right. You know, and, and, and it'll explode if they go under 50 miles an hour. <laughs> right. This next question is from at FF Penis. 
why do some of my coworkers think it's socially acceptable to talk to me while I'm at the urinal? How do I get them to stop? So this actually, I mean, we, Denny and I both work from home and the combination of the last question with this question, not only do we get to do our business, whether it's number one or number two in the comfort of our own home, but we also don't have to commute. Right. And it's, it's the absolute greatest, uh, perk that, yeah. that I think that goes unnoticed and unthought of whenever you say that you work from home. I, I, I take it for granted so much because on the rare occasion where I have to get into rush hour traffic, I'm reminded that in hell I will be in rush hour traffic forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's awful. You, and you also don't realize how much time you save in your life by, I mean, now I get to watch two episodes of the office instead of having to sit in traffic. Right. I can log in an hour earlier and, and, and get the good tweets off. Right. Exactly. Uh, but to this question, how do you get people to stop talking to you while you're at the urinal? Dude, I don't know. What do you do? You have thoughts on this? I no, I mean, you could go to the the extreme route and say that like you have you like look down and you like mention that you have some sort of disease or something. But like, there's there's nothing that really pops in my mind. I mean, you could just look at them and just say stop. Um, no, the, you, there's no way there's no way to not like ruin a relationship this because is true. This you're, is true. you're gonna have to tell the person to shut up. I mean, yeah. that that that's what you're gonna have to say. Uh, or, I mean, maybe you could just be brutally honest and be like, I'm not able to urinate when you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, right. you know? I, I have maybe, a condition. Maybe that, no, I mean, you don't even have to say condition. Just be like, you know, there. I have a mental block where if someone's talking to me, I'm not able to make my bladder produce urine. So can you just <laughs> say, it that, not, say it that way too? Can you not do it? <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't, maybe just don't need to say that. Just state a fact. Just state a fact. I, I mean, I'm I'm the most or I'm the least confrontational person in the, on the planet. There is no chance in hell that I would say anything. No, I, none. No, no, no chance. I mean, I don't even like. I, I mean, we talked about this before, but like, I'm the person who I get the wrong meal at a restaurant and I just eat the wrong meal. Oh, like I just can't. I can't do it. Uh. I can't do it. Uh, next question is at Fitz underscore eight four three. Rank these pies: apple, pumpkin, cherry, key lime. Pecan. Do you say pecan or pecan? Pecan. Yeah. I mean, like uh, it's it's easily pecan. Is, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't pecan a southern thing? Uh maybe. Yeah. Probably. I, think, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not from the south. By no, the way, no, do you want to hear something crazy? Uh, I there's, do. there's an old quiz that was on the New York Times website where you answer mm-hmm. 25 questions about your dialect and it and and you know things that you say for different uh, uh, things. Uh, and that's a really good, good, uh, way to describe this. Um, you know, like what you call a sandwich, if you call it a hoagie or a sub and then you oh, know, okay. the next question, uh, and how you, how you, how you say, you know, do you say y'all, do you say yins? Do you say, I say you guys all the time. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's my, so I take this quiz and like you listen to me and you don't say like, Oh, you're from Pittsburgh, right? Like I don't have like yins or accent and it gives you a heat map and it highlights cities, like two cities that represent mm-hmm. what your dialect is. That highlighted Pittsburgh for me. Amazing. Isn't that insane? It's what the machine knows. The machine knows. It was, it was pretty crazy. Anyway, back to this question. Yeah. Uh, rank these pies. To me, at the top, to me, at the bottom is cherry. Cherry pie is an abomination. It is terrible. I feel bad for Kyle McLaughlin, who had to eat cherry pie 
as you know, in, on Twin Peaks for years. And he even said, cherry pie is terrible. I hated it, but I had to eat it every scene. I would say cherries at the bottom and at the top. I might, uh, apple pie is the safest at the top. I love, love apple okay. pie. I'm putting it at the top. Okay. We can put, look, this is, this will be a combined power ranking and I'm putting, I, I, cause I like pumpkin pie. Mm. Denny doesn't. So maybe, do maybe not. it's not going to be a combined power ranking. I'd go, I'd go apple pumpkin and I might even put pumpkin over apple depending on the day. Ooh. That's really where, but let's just say apple pumpkin, uh, key lime pecan cherry. Um, cherry is like way way below i don't really like i don't really like key lime or pecan pie either though i'm putting i'm putting pecan i'm sorry i'm putting pumpkin just above cherry wow yeah i hate it it's so good i think i hate all things pumpkin is that is that i think it's a fair assessment for me yeah i think that i just don't like i think we i I think we've we've seen this uh kind of come to fruition uh this is this is the point where you just proclaim that you don't like pumpkin flavored things yeah, I just, I just, I mean, I don't, I, I don't like pumpkin flavored beer. I used to pretend I did, but I don't. Um, key, key lime is right is so key lime is second for me. Interesting. Um, so pecan is in the middle. So pecan would be in the middle, but I don't really, I don't really love that. Here's the thing, I don't like pie. I, you know, and and, and but I will tolerate apple pie. Apple pie is really good. Yeah. Plus apple pie, apple pie, like a good apple pie isn't like super super sweet. I hate like overly rich things, you know, and a- apple pie always just hits the spot. It's like, yes. it's like the you, perfect amount of sweetness. You said it perfectly. That's exactly it. If it's too rich in, in, in sweetness or taste of any kind, I don't like it. I don't like these ridiculous, uh, d- d- you know, restaurant desserts that are like chocolate on chocolate on chocolate with chocolate underneath. Yeah. And, I mean, how many layers of chocolate does one need? You, you, how about how about just one? How about just a little chocolate? What you, you you? Why do you need like the dark chocolate with the dark chocolate on top and like what do they call it? Like chocolate explosion <laughs> or something? Like uh, chocolate IED? I don't I don't understand why why it has to be so why have, they have to be so violent. <laughs> With the, with the with chocolates with chocolate uh, desserts. Oh my gosh! Okay, we're gonna go to the next question. This okay. is from at a one five five two seven eight zero. Will this year more so than any before kill off the early round quarterback talk in all sized leagues? Have any of the early round guys outperformed or even matched their ADP? I mean, it's the same thing every year. Every year, there aren't quarterbacks who are drafted early that performed their ADP, and yet every year you get people touting early round quarterbacks the next season. Uh, well, there's always the the one like like somebody out there will pick one quarterback and say, "This is the year that this quarterback." Yeah, this year was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this this year's the 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 fifty year. I'm sorry, the fifty touchdown year right. for this. Yeah, for this it, person. it was this year was Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. Early in the offseason, I did that Superflex article. And in that article, I plotted ADP versus actual rank, right? And I looked at the R-squared values of how they actually perform from a fantasy point standpoint. Um, and the R-squared was stronger at running back and wide receiver than it was at quarterback. Wow. Quarterbacks are not more predictable than running backs and wide receivers are. And everyone sits there and like, I'm getting Aaron Rodgers in the third round because Aaron, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to give me production. No, you don't. You don't. They, they, they say safe. Yeah, they, they, they say, say, say that safe. it's safe. 
And it's it's literally the dumbest thing that you can do in fantasy football. They, they yeah, it's the opposite of safe. You're you're being extremely risky. Yeah. Uh, when, when you do that, uh, also P- Patrick Mahomes will go in the first round next year. If he's a fringe first round guy, I'm I'm gonna explode. I, I I you don't think he'll just go in the bottom? No, he of might. First? He might. I, I'm I'm just saying, like if he's if he's up there, like of all the quarterbacks, yes, he's the one that you want to get early. I mean, we we talked about Mahomes, you know, after like week two, and we're like, quit this BS of him. I mean, Pat Mahomes, yeah. you need to be right. playing him, right? Like every yeah. But but that, like like yes, he's he's the quarterback that would give you a significant edge if he can keep this up year in and year out. Will I ha- will, will I draft him given that opportunity cost that early? Hell no. Yeah, right. And and uh, I, I do see people online, on the online, saying stuff like, hey, should I bench Mahomes this week? And the answer is always no. Why would you think of that? Right, why would you bench? And the, here's the other thing. The fact that you're even thinking that, the fact that you even <laughs> contemplate benching Pat Mahomes tells you that the position is completely replaceable in fantasy football. Right, How right. often are people saying in a tough matchup, should I play Saquon Barkley this week? Should I should right. I be playing Todd Gurley this week? Right. It makes you think. It makes you think. Next question. At Playsense underscore. As this is a bathroom-related podcast, <laughs> let's move to the shower. Okay. What is the correct order of operations in terms of shampoo, conditioner, soap, or body wash, etc.? Mm-hmm. I have a very, I have a very strict uh, regimen. Do you? I don't. I'm, I'm a degaffer in there. I just do. I, oh. I just kind of go at it. You, you go full cutler. I go, I go, I go full cutler in the shower. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, that's why that, I, I guess that so means that, that that means that you smoke in the shower. I think. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I do. Uh, I, I, I wash. I put shampoo in my hair, and the shampoo I put in my hair, uh, for some reason, the bottle tells me it needs to be in my hair for a minute okay it's a, it's some sort of volumizing situation right and uh which was my depeche mode cover band and so the so i, I put that in and i so i have to let it sit and then i take the soap and i wash you know my body i'm trying not to be too graphic yeah right right no. then he's washing so his I, privates is what he's saying yeah, right right and I, you know i wash my body and and, and uh in all that encompasses and then I wash the soap off of me, and then I take my face wash, which has the scrubbing beads. Yeah. Oh, you're the beads. I, I I do. I need those because I'm prone to, uh, and this is so much information. This I'm prone great. to ingrown hairs. Okay. Ingrown hair. Okay. Okay. No, look, that's totally fair. Look, you're a human being, Denny. Human beings have ingrown hairs. This is a this is a judgment free zone. Yeah, I, I totally I, agree. I'm, I'm hoping, and so I I I used to get them tear terribly on my on my cheeks so i i use that i wash the that face wash off and then i wash <laughs> i wash that face and then my other face <laughs> <laughs> and then i take my other face and put it and so i wash the face wash off and then i wash the shampoo out of my hair because it's it's obviously been over a minute yeah, it's been there for 16 minutes by now yeah it, yeah it probably two it's probably in there for two yeah, minutes okay, uh, um which is what she said and then you and then you take the uh <laughs> <laughs> you take the conditioner and I take the conditioner and I put that in my hair and I wait one minute and wash it out and I'm done. I'm not a big conditioner guy either. Yeah. You don't need to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not like I, I don't, I'm, I'm shampoo. I mean, yeah. I, I really just get in the shower and just wa- like, you know, shampoo and then I just wash and I'm done. Yeah. 
I, I'm basically because it's volumizing conditioner. I mean, anything to make my hair stand up in the air. I'm using. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I can't even tell you the last time I used conditioner. And I, I didn't. I don't know if that's a normal thing or not. I mean, I use. Sh- I shower daily and I use shampoo daily, but I don't use mm-hmm. conditioner. My hair. My hair is fine. Your hair's great. Although I went to the greatest eclipse last week and they cut my, my, the top way too short. Now I, I'm starting to look more like, like old Flacco. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. You never go old Flacco. You never go old Flacco. Uh, next question at Jake break baller. What is something surprisingly socially acceptable as a dad that wasn't as a single man? Hmm. I think that, uh, one thing is definitely wardrobe related. Uh Uh-huh. In that, in that it doesn't really matter what you're wearing because people automatically understand that you have a child and things can be tough sometimes. I've noticed that when taking Avery to daycare. So, and yeah. the other, so I, I mean, I'm wearing gym shorts every day, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just wearing gym shorts and like I have a sweatshirt on today, a, a crew neck sweatshirt, I should add, not, not a hoodie. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I took, it's a dad sweatshirt, right? total um so i take i take her to daycare and so at the daycare we have shoes that we wear but you can you have to either put covers on your shoes to go into the nursery because you know you don't want germs and stuff like that or you can just wear your socks so i wear socks with shoes every day so i just take my shoes off instead of having to put the the covers on my shoes right what yeah what is this this is a weird thing what do you mean it's a weird thing you, you you have to you can't just walk into the room not with shoes on you can track some bad stuff because there's kids crawling around everywhere they're just going to eat mud off the floor yeah i guess i suppose so uh. so anyway so here here's what's what happened this past week okay? okay i've been wearing these tennis shoes that i can slip on and off really quickly they're these like gray reeboks that i have but i don't like darker shoes okay i back in the day back in like my high school days college days I used to wear like the white classic Reeboks. Remember, okay. remember how they were like, they were super in and like people were, I, I, I was part of that, that crowd. Okay. I wore, I wore the white uh, Adidas. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I last week and they came on Monday, I bought white Reeboks again. Oh baby. Because now it's socially acceptable for a dad to wear bright white shoes that I can slip on and off really quickly. And they're, they're, they're magically awesome looking. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I, I I admire you for for going back to it, but for a different phase of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I'm I I felt myself growing up too fast, and I needed to kind of pull it back a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, it's funny because I prefer black tennis shoes, hmm. but maybe I like I the don't lighter know. lighter lighter shoes for me. I think it just yeah. it just it works for me personally. It just works for I'm, me a little bit better. I'm like the Gary player of, of, of <laughs> tennis shoes. That's, that's what they've always called me. But I think wardrobe is the socially acceptable thing uh, for, for a dad, you know, as opposed to that's the other thing too, is like, I, I also felt that way about having a wedding ring with, with, mm-hmm. with wardrobe, right? If I were single and, and or not married, I should say, yeah. looking like a schlub walking around, then, then people would be like, what is this person? But, right. but it's like, yeah. Oh, he's married. Okay. Oh, he's married. He stopped trying. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, but only half kidding. I mean, that 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 definitely happens. When I drop, listen, talking about dropping kids off and looking looking like uh, you just rolled out of bed, I have never uh, not looked like garbage dropping off my daughter at her nursery school, and I will continue that streak 
forever. Next question. At GentyDP. Can you spend a few minutes discussing Booger's Monday Night Football contraption and how insanely ridiculous it is? I noticed they forced him to wear a seatbelt. Did you see that? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wears a seatbelt. I, I think that it's an abomination of a device. Get me on that thing. Can we? Can I please get on that right. thing and do his do his thing? That that that's funny. I, I mean, he he's it's like it's like the bad take machine where <laughs> yeah, where they really where they they just move him across and he's just like running backs are important and everything else doesn't matter and we're supposed to establish the run. Yeah, it's the bad take machine. I have to find this Chris Wessling tweet um, that that he sent last night about. Uh, Booger and and Witten going back and forth about yeah. about Eli Manning. Did, did you see I, that tweet? I, I saw it. By the way, how hard was that crew rooting for Eli? I felt like I was like, wait, is is Eli retiring after this game? Right. Like, like wow, these they're pulling for Eli to do the thing so badly, and somehow he did. Yeah. So Wessling says, uh, so this is at Chris Wessling. You guys know who he is. Uh, great guy. He says, the four, he said, the tweet says, the fourth ring of hell is a manufactured Eli Hall of Fame debate between Witten and Boog. It's so oh. true. It's so true. Wait, Witten, yes, Witten was for him going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, there, there's actually a question. I'm just going to get to it now. Um, it, it says, uh, as the holiday, is this from at Genzar Warrior 43. As the holidays approach, what is the 2018 football discussion litmus test to decide how knowledgeable uh, someone is with football? JJ used to ask thoughts on Jeff Fisher or Tony Romo. Those used to be my litmus, litmus test questions. Is Jeff Fisher a good head coach? Is Tony Romo a good quarterback? Right? Mm-hmm. It's perfect. You knew exactly whether or not someone was smart with football. Uh, my the, the new litmus test is... Not will Eli Manning get into the Hall of Fame is is Eli Manning deserving to get into the right. Hall of Fame? Right. Uh, and and the answer is absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. No, not not even not even close. I mean, but you have to remember. I mean, Troy Aikman is in the Hall of Fame, and that that is a, a, the, one of the worst decisions in the history of professional sports. How is Troy Troy Aikman happened to be under center? For three Super Bowls, he had nothing to do with it, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the, the I would also say that you could just talk about running backs being replaceable. That would be a good a good litmus test as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I just I'm just flabbergasted by by the I I actually didn't know he was a Hall of Famer until like a few weeks ago, and someone mentioned it, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And and here's the thing, it was you know Super Bowls don't matter. Uh, let's let's uh, let's stop putting people in the Hall of Fame because they happen to be on Super Bowl teams. There was a question on Twitter that I saw someone pose that was like, "Is Eli Manning going to get into the Hall of Fame before Ben Roethlisberger?" Because you know that they both are in the same draft class. And the fact that the question is not is Philip Rivers going to versus Ben Roethlisberger right. is just it's unreal how warped yeah. our mind or our collective minds are with what's actually good. I mean. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get in. First off, I mean he's a, he's yeah. a lock to make the Hall of Fame. Okay, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers actually should probably make the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I I don't hold. Maybe this is the Marino truther in me, but uh, I I don't hold a lack of Super Bowls against anybody. Right. I mean that you know Super Bowls are not a quarterback stat, right? Right. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a hall of fame junkie. Like some people, like I don't study, I I don't study the criteria and who's in there. I'm just saying like, I mean, realistically, Tony Romo is one of the most efficient quarterbacks of all time. Right. Like he would be deserving technically in, in JJ's hall of fame. He would, he would be, he would be a top of the class there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's pretty much the last question. I mean, there's some other questions, but they suck. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Well, you're so you're so mean. I'm to just the listener. kidding. It's just a joke. Uh, I so I will I will address some of those questions in a hopefully in a podcast tomorrow. I I don't know if I should can continue to call them emergency podcasts because they're not <laughs> there's not there's not a lot of emergency to them. But uh, but it is like a like a sub podcast uh, where I will rant and rave and and, and answer some of the questions uh, and you can check out uh you can you can submit more questions and i and i will send out a, a post on this at our patreon page which is patreon.com slash living the stream i think i'm going to take a picture of my new shoes and put them on the patreon page oh you need to you need yeah, to. yeah you guys will be really impressed by them uh all right denny where can everyone find you uh at cd carter 13 on twitter and then i write a kicker column uh, with all sorts of kicker notes, just bursting with kicker notes on the Patreon page, which again is patreon.com slash living the stream. And I'm on Twitter at late round QB. You can find my work over on numberfire.com. And I have another podcast called the late round podcast, which you guys should check out. All right, Denny, that's going to do it. We have a tilt montage for the, for the people. Enjoy. It's 11, 11 Eastern time on this, my Sunday and this is an early this is an early tilt because i'm hiking on a place called sugarloaf mountain oh, wow. eleanor can you say hi hi that's my daughter eleanor she's on she's riding on my back she's 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 a big baby so climbing up this mountain is difficult you may hear me breathe heavily as if I'm out of shape. Those are the haters talking, but it's uh it's it's better. I felt like it was better than being glued to the uh, computer making suboptimal tilting lineup decisions for three hours. So I chose I chose this route, and the best part is I found my strange wife. <laughs> Say hi. Hi. See? She's real. All right. I don't actually live in my mother's basement. Daddy weird. (laughs) Yes. People are... People are tilting on this mountain listening to someone talking to his phone to a bunch of hopeless degenerates that listen to a fantasy football podcast. I'm tilting. 11.15 11.15 a.m. and am I thinking about the Seattle running back situation as I hike up a beautiful mountain and detach myself from our horrible modern life? Yes, I am. I am thinking a little bit about the Seahawks running back situation, which of course was the name of my Pearl Jam cover band back in the day. I really need Chris Carson to sit today. It's uh, 9.40.
in the Eastern Time Zone. And uh, I'm watching the the Cowboys' uh, 69th primetime game of the season. I'm looking forward to many more. Obviously, because they were America's team during the first Clinton administration, sorry to get political, that we we're going to have to watch the Cowboys forever. To reiterate, the Cowboys were good 25 years ago. So now we have to watch them forever. 9.47 in the Eastern Time Zone. and uh, I just wanted to share with, with the folks why uh, the montage is a little a little different, why there's a, a huge time gap in between when it started and when it's going to finish. Um, shortly after I uh, recorded that that bit on the on the mountain, my son poked his eye with a stick, and that may sound fairly innocuous. I didn't think a lot of it at first until I saw what sort of pain he was in. And he was in a ton of pain. And he's an extremely tough kid. Like, so tough, it's... it's He's so tough, it's a little unnerving. I, I'm sure some of you have uh, children who who are like that. So, because I, as a kid, I was a huge baby. Okay, I mean, any any sort of injury. And, and I was, like, begging for the hospital and or death. Uh, but not, not, not Savior. So I knew something was wrong. So my wife and I took him to a, uh, a an, an eye doctor uh, immediately, and the eye doctor did a scan of his eye, and he turns to us and he says, "Immediate, I mean, just right after he looks at the scan, he says, uh, yes, this is going to require surgery, and so we're going to get you to a specialist as soon as possible to see what comes next. So it went from, you know, I'm thinking he has a little scratch in his eye that he might need some eye drops for, to he needs surgery on his eye. Which, I, I, maybe it's me, I don't know. I absolutely fell apart because I could deal with a broken arm, a broken leg, you know, a broken nose, but, you know, a broken eye, I, I, my mind just went immediately to the worst possible place, you know, worst case scenarios, you know, the, the, him basically losing use of his eye. And it was the way that the doctor was... trying to appear calm but not really doing a great job of it that really freaked me out because he was trying to appear calm for us for me and, and my wife and the fact that he had to do that was 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 terrifying so we 
we go to the next doctor who was basically uh, some sort of uh, angel <laughs> sent to see Xavier with his office closed. And he came in anyway. And I don't, I, I, you know, he doesn't know us. We don't know him. And he, and he, and he came in anyway. His office, I'm, I'm talking about an office building that was completely shut down. Lights off, everything. And he saw us, and he saw Xavier. And he did a, did, did a couple tests. And he said, he said the, you know, the abrasion is not as as deep as we thought, as the first doctor thought. So it won't require a procedure. And, you know, he, he gave us some medication to apply to the eye um, for the next uh, however many, many days. Uh, and, and, it was, and it was amazing. And I'm, I'm sharing this, you know, with you, this, this long-winded, uh, you know, spiel, because... First of all, I was tilting. Let's, you know, if we're being honest, I was, I was on mega tilt the entire time. But it's amazing what doesn't matter when 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 things go haywire. You know, like like nothing mattered. Nothing mattered to me, uh, and especially not football. When when Xavier was was going through this. You know, when your kid is in pain and discomfort and uh, all you want to do is make it better, but you, you, you can't. You have no ability to make it better. Uh, not, you know, not, just nothing matters. It's every, everything, is, everything fades to the background. Everything that's usually in the foreground, that usually occupies your mind, occupies your thoughts you know, completely holds your attention uh, 100%. Uh, is it just suddenly, you know, like snap of, snap of the finger, it's, it doesn't matter because this thing matters much more. This thing becomes the only thing that matters. I just, I, I haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced it quite like that. So... Anyway, you could say that I had a tilting day. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.